Welcome to Grisha Cast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse, a world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Well, hello, 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 hello. How you doing, girl? Salut. Konnichiwa. Strasbourgche. Woohoo. Oh, and hi, Grisha Cast listeners. Hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. We are here recording, and we've got a lot to talk about. Here on Boxing Day. Is that what it is? It sure is. Ooh. In it? Canada and England. Do you have any clue what they do? Um, I know there's lots of sales. Oh. <laughs> okay. And um, I think it's when you get all your boxes out and put things away. I don't know. Please don't come <laughs> for me if that's incorrect, but that is my understanding. Hey, it kind of sounds like the picture that we took on our Chinese Christmas um, where I'm outside with my box. Yes, yeah, so you're moving out. Yeah, we um, we... Neither of us celebrate Christmas, um, so we do Chinese Christmas. So we go out on Christmas Day and eat Chinese food with all the other Jews. And um, anyways, we took a picture outside of the restaurant at the end, and I had my I had a I had the gifts I had were put in a box. So I'm just holding the box in front of the restaurant, and the picture after we looked at it, it just looked really funny because everybody else is smiling, and I'm sitting there holding this box where it looked like I was like either getting kicked out of my office or I was moving. Um, or was, you made out with the the most presents. Yes, that too. <laughs> it was a cute, funny picture. It so, was cute. We had fun. So um, I enjoyed the picture of you in your. Harry Potter Snuggie. Yes, that's... Um, in the restaurant. She got me a Harry Potter Snuggie. It's pretty awesome. It is just this blanket of a Gryffindor robe with just arms, and it's just amazing. So I had to try it on. Even though I'm not a Gryffindor, I am Slytherin, um, but it's it's so awesome. I love it. And, oh my God, she got me... I'm a huge planner Um I'm a happy planner, and I love that stuff. So she got me some planner stickers, Harry Potter planner stickers that, like, I don't know how she did, but they actually, like, are the stickers that will, like, fit inside my planner. And, like, I'm freaking out over it. So I don't know how she found them, but I'm so happy because I love happy planner stuff. It made me happy when yeah. I found them. It's just crazy because they actually, like, are the size that fit my exact planner, and there's, like, three different planners, so, like, you really did a great job. Oh, thank you. Just saying, like, yours, I don't know how you did that. So. And I am so excited to put the Outlander calendar in my home office so that every day when I turn the page, Aww. I can not only see Jamie, but also see, or also think about my Eric. So when we first started the show and we said how she was a part of another fandom, she is a part of the Outlander fandom. I am. She loves it, which is a great show and series of books. And as obsessed as we are with the Grishaverse, she is absolutely obsessed with Outlander. It is my Harry Potter. Yeah. And my, well, yeah, our, it's my Harry Potter and our Grisha. Um, yeah. I, um, I started those when I was 14 and they have just stuck with me. Well, yeah, you, you, that's what happens. I mean, you find these books. I mean, Harry Potter was around and I fell in love with those. And that and the Grishaverse are just my two favorite magical worlds. I love it. So, well, you find those places and you feel like you can escape. It's an emotional response. Yeah. And that's why it's been hard to get into anything else since then. Oh, absolutely. And I then came along Lee Bardugo. Well, I'm having the same problem right now. Like, after I finished Harry Potter, luckily, I then ended up, I 
I can't remember how long ago it was, but then I did find the Grisha verse and it made me so happy. So I read all that stuff, but then it's just been hard to find stuff after that. That has made me excited. I am reading, um, um, Victoria Schwab right now, which I like. Um, it's kind of, she, it's a, a darker shade of magic and it's, it's, it's good. It's, um, I don't think it's anything like the Grisha verse or, um, Harry Potter, but like, it's still, it's enticing to me. Yeah. I got into the shadow hunter series there for a while. Yeah. And, um, I was very excited about the series, uh, huh. the TV series. And I was let down. They do that. That's, and it was a stab in the heart, and it was very hard to get back into it after that. Well, that's what's so scary when you have something that you love so much, especially not these novels, and then they either get a TV or um, like a movie, and it's just done horribly. Which, real quickly, to give props to his dark materials, it's on HBO. Those are great novels by Philip Pullman, and they are doing an outstanding job because there have been movies, and I think they've done the show before, and they've been horrible. But HBO and BBC have put this together, and they've done incredible so far. Just so, just a little shout out there. Um, well, good. I'll have to check out the books. Yeah, that's a really good. Like, that's a huge. It's another fantasy world, and it's really cool. It's good. So, um. Anyways, if you guys have any recommendations, though, for me to read, I would be glad to, I would love to hear about them. So tweet me, tweet us, let us know. Um, I'd love to know some other books that you think are as invigorating and fun as the Grishaverse. And um, I yeah. give a shout out to Harry Potter and Outlander fans. Yeah. Shout out. Woohoo. Well, because that's what we're all here for, because we love to read. So... We like the escape of the fantasy. Absolutely. I need to get out of this world sometimes. Don't oh, we all? I do. Well, I have my own specific, like, I have to read every single day. Every single day. I um, I am a dedicated reader where I will make sure that, like, I put time aside to do it. And I know a lot of people can't do that, um, but I do it. If I haven't been able to do it during the day, every single night when I'm going to bed, that is when I'm reading and I'm falling as I fall asleep reading. My husband's found me many a night, like <laughs> just falling asleep with my Kindle in my hand <laughs> and I've accidentally laid my finger on top of it. And then I all of a sudden open it up the next morning and I'm like eight chapters ahead <laughs> because <laughs> I've skipped ahead or I've highlighted like eight paragraphs. And like it's, it's funny. Your unconscious thought it was an important part. Do you have a Kindle? I do. Um, I, I have a Kindle and the iPad and my phone. I have my Amazon um, yeah. on everything so that anywhere I am, you got um, it. I've been trying very hard not to, you know, look at Facebook and Twitter and play games. I've been trying to really focus on reading. It's oh, still a screen when you use the Kindle, but I feel like I'm using more of my brain hell yeah. when I'm reading. So instead of watching YouTube videos at night, I'm trying more to open up the Kindle and read. Yeah. My significant other um, just has books everywhere. There's stacks of books just everywhere. And I'm so jealous that he gets through so many books. Well, yeah. He's got the time. Well, you know, a good Kindle is the Paperwhite. That's what the one that I I have. have And I love it because it's not like I feel like I I don't feel like I'm reading off of a screen, literally. It's not as bright. And I think I've said this on the podcast, but like when I'm reading a book, I have every version of it. I have the actual copy of it, the Kindle version of it, and also the Audible version of it because I have to be able to hear it, listen to it, read it whenever I want. So 
I'm that kind of reader. But aren't we all, I think? I hope so. Anyway. That's why we're here. Exactly. Well, so let's um we had a lot happen this this episode and I'm so excited because as we know, Terry is reading this for the first time. So we had some really big things happen that I've been holding in. Blew my mind. I know. And we're gonna get there. So that's what's awesome. Um so recap last week of what happened in the book. I mean, pretty much to make it short, Alina they they got the Second amplifier, Alina escaped the Darkling because Sturmond helped her escape. And, um, yeah, after she got the second amplifier, we realized that she wants a third. Well, they realized there was a third. And then um, it's kind of said that she she wants that. She needs it. She needs that. She needs the full collection, as you said, Terry. Yes. Yes, (laughs) for this holiday season. Exactly. And let's not forget my favorite part. It's that rainbows don't poop. Yes. That's what I learned in the last episode. I guess a lot of people like that part. Yeah, I'll um yeah, that's the the miracle of me randomly just shouting out things that don't make sense. And that's part of why you're my best friend. <laughs> I'm glad you love me <laughs> so much. Uh, okay, so starting off right into chapter 7, uh Lena starts practicing summoning with her new amplifier um she's doing it at noon so it won't cause too much attention so she can like summon the light from you know from the sun and things like that um she's definitely starting to feel that it's more a part of her um and i think it's gone into a little bit more detail this amplifier is like she's lee is going into detail about how it really feels like it's more part of her soul i feel like this power is hers and the she is the power and the power is her she doesn't feel like she has to um, struggle at all to call to her power Absolutely. now. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely becoming easier. But we do know that Mal is kind of scared by it. He notices this difference in her, and he she, does. Well, it's it's the whole power struggle. So I'm sure he was freaked out by one noticing that. Like right away, she was just like, "I need this third one." And I mean, it's just that's not in the character that we've had. So new, but that's what power does to you. So we'll just see how this all plays out. Um, Okay, so I've got a little quote here, and this is about how Alina starts to learn about the rogue Grisha, which Tamar and Tolia are part of. And um, it says, Most rogue Grisha ended up in Novia Zem. Aside from Ravka, it was the only place where they didn't have to fear being experimented on by shoe doctors or burned by Fjordan witch hunters. Even so, they had to be cautious about displaying their power. Grisha were valued slaves, and less scrupulous Kirch traders were known to round them up and sell them in secret auctions. These were the very threats that had led so many Grisha to take refuge in Ravka and join the Second Army in the first place. But the rogues thought differently. For them, a life spent looking over their shoulders and moving from one place to the next to avoid discovery was preferable to a life in service to the Darkling and the Ravkin King. It was a choice I understood. I really think that's cool. Um, just learning about these rogue Grisha. Because, I mean, yeah, there is, I, I guess you do have a choice. You, um, you, uh, I don't know. Either, some people, I guess, some of the Grisha realized they did have a choice. It was either they go to the Darkling or they don't. And you can just go and do your own thing. They but didn't go to Grisha Academy. Yeah, they well, the little palace. They didn't go to. No. Yeah. So, 
That's interesting. I love that backstory stuff. Um, and so we've got Sturman's crew find out rumors that are um, being sp- spread um, from Noviazem, and this is just kind of like... From the apparat. Yeah, so this is just um, a little bit of some updates for us. So... Coming right on in from the Apparat, crossing of the fold had all but ceased, and refugees were fleeing its expanding shores. The first army was close to revolt, and the second army was in tatters. I was most frightened by the news that the Apparat's cult of the Sun Saint was growing. No one knew how he'd managed to escape the Grand Palace after the Darkling's failed coup, but he had resurfaced somewhere in the network of monasteries across Ravka. Huh. So. He was circulating the story. Sure was. That she died on the fold. And yeah. And had been resurrected as a saint. Yeah. So he's 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 got some, he's definitely working there. He's got like his own story going on. And I mean, we're going to see what comes up out of that. Um, so Alina's also starting to learn how to fight um, from Tamar. Um, who happens to be amazing at wi- wielding two double-edged axes. So and I love that. I love watching a girl be able to know how to use her bleh, her weapons. <laughs> Sorry, looking for that word, weapons. <laughs> um, Mal is also learning new moves, um, but it's um, he's getting a little butt hurt um, about Alina, and how she's just getting better. Um, you know, he just shrugs off when Sturmond is better than him. Um, so, anyways, Alina, um, Mal and Alina have found a new home on this ship. They're starting to understand this crew, and they're starting to feel like it's their new home, kind of like they're just these misfits that are getting along, accepting one another, um, and they've all got different backgrounds, which is kind of cool. Um, I love that. Um, it's just a whole new group of people that we're learning about. So, um, and we know the crew obviously really respects Sturmond, and I love this quote, and I had to admit, I like Sturmond too. He was cocky and brash and always used ten words when two would do, but I was impressed with the way he led his crew. He didn't bother with any of the tricks I'd seen the Darkling employ, yet they followed him without hesitation. He had their respect, not their fear. So that just kind of... Sturmon's a great character, as and we know. And no one will answer when she asks about his background. Absolutely not. The answer is, I don't know. Why would I? Yeah. Why would I know that? Who cares? Yeah, they just keep giving her the cold shoulder about that. And she's very, very, very curious. And because um, she tries to get it out of Tamar, and um, she's just not letting her, not giving any answer. So two days later, Tamar wakes Alina and tells her that they are in West Ravka and to get up and meet on deck. And, um,. Alina asks Mal what they are doing. Mal says that they are going ashore, which happens to be in the middle of the night. Under a sickle moon. A sickle moon. Ooh, nice little... It set the tone. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Instead of another schooner or ship that Mal and Alina were expecting, they actually are being taken to a little craft um, that look looked like no boat they had seen before. Um, and they they get in they get in with her with Sturmhan and get into the cockpit. And Alina asks what this is, and Sturmhan says he calls it the Hummingbird. Cute little name. It is, but he's thinking about renaming it to the Firebird. So, hmm, interesting. And um, at that point, it's very strange for a boat to be named after things that will fly. Absolutely. So, Sturmhan orders to cut the anchor and release. So, here we go. Um, we're going to read this to you. Take these, said Sturmond. He dropped a pair of goggles into my lap and tossed another pair to Mal. They look similar to those worn by fabricators in the workshops of the little palace. I glanced around. All of the crew seemed to be wearing them, along with Sturmond. We pulled them over our heads. I was grateful for them seconds later when Sturmond called for yet more speed. The sails rattled in the rigging above us, and I felt a twinge of nervousness. Why was he in such a hurry? The hummingbird sped over the water, its shallow double hull skating from wave to wave, barely seeming to touch the surface of the sea. I held tight to my seat, my stomach floating upward with every jounce. All right, squallers, commanded Sturmon. Take us up, sailors to wings on my count. I turned to Mao. What does that mean, take us up? Five, shouted Sturmon. The crewmen started to move counterclockwise, pulling on the lines. Four. The squallers spread their hands wider. Three. A boom lifted between the two masts, the sails gliding along its length. Two. Heave, cried the sailors. The squallers lifted their arm in a massive swoop. One, yelled Sturmond. The sails billowed up and out, snapping into place high above the deck like two gigantic wings. My stomach lurched and the unthinkable happened. The hummingbird took flight. Mm. I gripped my seat, mumbling old prayers under my breath squeezing my eyes shut as the wind buffeted my face and we rose into the night sky. Sturman was laughing like a loon. The squallers were calling out to each other in a volley, making sure they kept the updraft steady. I thought my heart would pound right through my chest. Oh, saints, I thought queasily. This can't be happening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like we did just a wonderful job with that. It goes Rena- back to how we met. It does. Thea today's. So, um, Full circle. Yeah, we're having fun with this. So <laughs> enjoy more quotes like that where we're going to get interactive with y'all, playing parts. Um, so Alina, is like, this is cool. I mean, obviously she's in, and we haven't heard of this yet, I mean, in the entire Grishaverse, a craft that can fly. So that's cool. I mean, we had the sand skiffs, but I mean, this is something completely different. And um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Just because, as we know, like if you have read these, we get there's so much more that comes and people like, I mean, so many neat contraptions that they build. Um, but Alina is absolutely horrified. Um, she has never flown before. I mean, how? why would she? she? It's not like they have an airport or Ravka airline or anything. Um, so she's she's scared out of her mind, and um, Mal tries to get her to look, and finally does, and he gets to see she gets to see how beautiful the stars are in the sky, and I'm sure it's just a beautiful little moment they've got. Up with the sickle moon. 
Yep. And um, so I've got a quote. This is impossible, I yelled. Sturman whooped. When people say impossible, they usually mean improbable. With the moonlight gleaming off the lenses of his goggles and his great coat billowing around him, he looked like a complete madman. I just love his little quotes there. Can we please get a book of Sturmund quotes? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So, um, and you know it's coming. We've got a lot more from him. So Sturman shows Alina um, the gunpowder that they have on this flying, the gun, I'm sorry, not gunpowder, the gunpower that they have on this flying contraption. So that all of a sudden conflicts Alina. She's like, uh, why you got all these guns, yo? I mean, what are we about to do? And um, she's kind of seeing the future yes. of weaponry. Yeah, and this is where it kind of takes a turn because Sturman kind of has his own plan and doesn't tell Alina what he's about to do. So they're not just flying anywhere. They're going somewhere specific, and they are about to fly into the fold. So Alina is not cool with that, obviously, she and you know it's kind of shitty also and Sturman didn't even like give her a heads up about didn't that warn her at all nope um it's just it's shitty just to be complete on it to be completely honest just because he's got to know her of her past um of what she's kind of gone through I mean the rumors have gone around they know that like she's been on the fold before and if you've listened to the rumors I mean she's been like I don't know she's just been on that poor thing so many times and it's just she would not willingly want to go there she keeps getting forced to do things she doesn't want to do yeah and to make it worse going right on into chapter eight we find out that they're not just going into the fold they're going specific for a specific reason they're going to kill volcra so like (laughs) not that's all just killing some volcra yeah and that's just that's horrifying poor alina well she also says too that this time something is different yeah and she but can... it seems like it has a texture this time mm-hmm. and it's making her shoulder wound itch and i wonder if and i think what that has to do with is the fold is like this thing that the darkling made and then we know that the these shadow creatures the nothings yeah um, the nothings that bit into her were his creation too. So it's just, she's now, she's also got the second amplifier. So she's probably in tune with more things and going into the fold. I mean, it's described as she can feel it. Like, I mean, like there's some kind of like texture to the air, as you said, and that's just, it's crazy. Yeah. The nothings are part of like a living darkness now. Yeah. Lots of shadows. Um, so they enter the fold and immediately um, they can hear the Volcra. Um, and of course, so I mean, just put her on the spot. I mean, they needed Alina this entire time because they can't just enter the fold and kill the Volcra by themselves. They need Alina to use her power. So that's what she does. She um, starts to use her power to project light around their hummingbird. And um, Sturmhon, Sturmhon tells Alina not to push her light out too far um, because they're trying to hunt the Volcra, and it's just Alina's terrified. They um, they kill hundreds of them with their guns. It's a, and 
oh my god, this part was disgusting to me. That like they saw the the sails were covered in black blood and limbs of the Volcra. Like, yeah, that's not appetizing at all. No, like they it's horrifying. Yeah, so they shot this entire like flock of them, and then decide to have Mal help point them in the direction of some more since he's. <laughs> And since he's a tracker. So he points him in the direction and he's kind of excited about this at this point. He is, which I'm sure Alina's like, uh, dude, <laughs> really? Bro. Yeah. You remember what happened last time? Yeah. I saved your life on here. But he wants revenge. True. He, he does. He wants it bad. I know, but I just would never like this is kind of the whole situation in the stu- like horror movies when you've got you hear a dark you hear a noise in a dark room and you're like oh let me go find out what it is yeah don't go towards it no go my out the front door run, run away. I get in my car I will drive away <laughs> exactly. I call somebody <laughs> someone's in my house sorry <laughs> um, so this just reminds me of that but yeah so Mal leads them into the direction with his tracking skills. And of course, this is this was terrifying to me. They they find the skiff happens to be the exact same skiff that had been destroyed in the end of the first book, the Darkling skiff. And what do they find there? Little baby Volcra. A nest of Volcra. Yeah, and they're oh. babies. Like, ugh. So the Volcra are reproducing. They are, and then we've got to remember, Bagra says that, like, I mean, these are, like, ancestors of actual humans that were killed. So, like, you've got to think that, I don't know, this is what I think. When they, in the end of the first book, and he expanded the fold over that town, um, all those people became Volcra. Like, I think, like, I know they were probably eaten, but I'm sure, like, there's some kind of weird... Like, to me, I feel like there's some kind of weird thing that also went on where some of them just turned into Volcra, and, yeah, they're reproducing. Yeah, there's an evil feel with the, the fold and the darkness, and they probably, you know, nothing was growing, and... Yeah, it's They dead. probably started to get the taste of human flesh, and... Yeah. Well, it mutated I- from there? Ugh. Yuck. These things are so horrifying. They if really you, are. And especially if you actually have a chance to ever look at the map, um, they there's a vivid picture where the um, the fold is of like this picture of what a Volcra looks like. And its jaws are massive. It's almost like a human face with a it is, giant jaw full of teeth. Yeah, it's like this weird bird face to it me. It kind of reminds me in Beetlejuice. Oh, when yes. she pulls her jaws out, it's kind of like that, but much very scarier. much, very much. I always um have always thought of pterodactyls. Yes, um, when we hear about these things, just because of the wings, um, and then just that pointy, pointy nose with all these ugh. So, anyways, <laughs> nightmares. Yeah, so they they find this nest, and um, they it they've obviously got to kill it, um, and um. Alina's terrified of the screams of hearing um, the Volcra, and um, they use explosives to kill this nest. Bomb the nest. Yeah, which which is crazy. But we've got all of a sudden something that happens to Alina during this. And all of a sudden she has a vision 
she literally sees the Darkling appear, and his words to her are about her becoming a killer. And after he says, this is real fast also, like right after he says that, he like takes this Grecian knife and like slashes it to her face, um, which is all a hallucination. Or it's just not real. It's not actually happening on the fold. No one else can see it. Right. Nobody else can see it. And the knife doesn't, like, I mean, actually. It doesn't make contact. doesn't make contact or something. So, but unfortunately what this does, her light goes out. And she's been using this light to help with this attack. And when, it doesn't take her long, but she brings her light back up. And in that short period of time, a poor squalor got injured and um almost got his arm ripped off yeah did because they described it in there like his socket oh yeah no thank you it's pretty graphic um but um the problem with this also it's a squalor so that's going to mess up with their flying capabilities because the squalor is helping them fly this contraption so now the other one has to do twice the amount of work and i'm sure he can't that's the problem can't keep it up no so they luckily do like fly out of this fold and barely exactly barely and um they pretty much like fly into a lake um they have a crash landing into a lake and the hummingbird sinks the hummingbird does sink (laughs) and um but they all make they they make it out of it they do and they get on land um and the, the crew start to kind of fight with Alina a little bit about what happened. Like, why did that light go out? What was going on? Because nobody else saw it. Right. And I mean. What happened? You almost killed us. Exactly. Um, people are like, I, I know that um, Sturmond almost was like, are you sick? Is something wrong? And it's like, she's, she actually deflects that. And she, she, she completely does. She, do, she does not answer. No. Just, I don't know. What and and she? What, I don't know. But first off, what about Sturmon just t- bringing me into this situation without telling me about it, too? And I mean, so she deflects it, which is true. I mean, Sturmon really did like just completely f her on this he whole threw situation. Everyone into it. I mean, especially her because she had no clue what was going on. So something miraculous here, though, happens, um, and. When Alina looks at Sturmond, something's different. Yeah, she's feeling some other kind of way about the way he's looking. His face is just, it's looking different. And there's parts of it that aren't the way they were looking. And all of a sudden, she kind of puts together that Sturmond has a tailor of his own. And, and he's looking good. Oh, yeah. One of the words she describes is and he's handsome so and right as this happens we've got um a cavalry coming through (laughs) we've got the first um the first army arrive and surround them and which again reading through this for the first time i'm like oh no (laughs) they're not running away from them so they're about to get caught yes but what do we get revealed Huge moment here. You go, Terry. Tell us about it. My favorite character, Sturman, is the Prince Nikolai. 
which is huge because all of us are huge Nikolai fans. And this is the first time that it is. Terry ever heard, read or anything about that. So, like, I've... I've always had a problem calling him Sturmhan because I'm just like, it's Nikolai, it's Nikolai. And like, from this point on out, it's always Nikolai, but I'm just like, I always call him Nikolai. And, and everyone's I, done such a good job not spoiling that for me. So as I was reading through it, my jaw was literally open. I was so excited. Well, I'm so glad that we kept that for you. Um, he's such a cool character. It was a great surprise. And he, there's more of him, lots more of him. He's an amazing character. So, um, yeah, so we find that out. He's the Prince of Ravka. And um, he tells the First Army that, you know, he is, he's brought the Sun Summoner back home. And Alina's <laughs> so pissed off at all this lying that Sturmon has done, punches his ass, <laughs> and the chapter ends. That was fantastic. It was. She doesn't care if she just found out he was a prince. No. Not after what he just lied. He put her through. Complete, like, so much lies. So much. So, um, here we go on into chapter nine. Alina and Maller escorted to a military encampment in Krybirsk. Um, and Sturman kind of goes back and asks that they just give him enough time to explain. And if they don't like what they hear... They can leave. So, you know, he's being cool about it. Um, he's still, And we, we heard that earlier. He said, if you don't like the information you're going to get from this trip, you can. I will help you get to wherever you need to go. So um, a servant brings Mal and Alina some food while they wait in the tent, guarded by Tolia and Tamar, of course. Um, Mal questions Alina here about that moment um, on, on the hummingbird. And she... She she doesn't tell him. She still is just like I, I think she's in shock over how that happened, what happened, and I mean we know how the pull of that darkling has on her. So she's just she doesn't want to tell anybody. No, she probably doesn't want to appear crazy, right? And she probably doesn't um, want to give anyone any more fear. Yeah, because something like that happening is. I mean, it it could look like you're crazy and also scary. I mean, that's... they could lose faith in her, or they could be scared that the darkling is coming after them. Well, and we know that the darkling's trying to find them, and it's just um also like it could be to me. I think a little bit maybe this, the more power she's getting, the more capability that she's getting too. I mean, it's just kind of like, and then the fact that also the line that the darkling said, um, that always. Um, I thought that was interesting how it's just saying, like, you're a murderer. Like, he's almost trying to get her to see, like, you're just like me. Like, look what power is doing to you. Or, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe. It yeah, could get be. under her skin a little bit. Um, but also with the um, the stag's um, forever bracelet that she's got on, that's still kind of attached to him. So I wonder, too, if that had anything to do with well, yeah, with that. It is, but we have to remember also she was finally able to break free from that. But, I mean, you know, I mean, these amplifiers are, this is a whole, nobody knows anything specific about these, so anything can happen. Um, yeah, we're in brand new territory. We are. So Nikolai enters the tent, and um, Nikolai explains that his disguise as Sturmon is just because he's got, he would pretty much have a huge price on his head running around doing what he's been doing if 
people knew that <laughs> the Prince of Rafka was doing what he was doing. People would, he'd be killed or taken, I mean, in an instant. So it makes sense. I get it. Yeah, he would be more valuable as a prisoner on the seas. Absolutely. Um, he could do more for Ravka as Sturmund than lazing about the court. And he can. And I love this. Um, it's kind of this little question and quote. And just where do the king and queen think you are, I asked. The university at Ketterdam, he replied. <laughs> Lovely place, very lofty. There's an extremely well-compensated ship, shipping clerk sitting through my philosophy classes as we speak. Gets passable grades, answers to Nikolai, drinks copi- copiously, and often so no one gets suspicious. And what I love about that so much, Terry, is Ketterdam is when we go into the Six of Crows duology, that's where Ketterdam is based. Okay. So I just love this little snippet of just saying it's Ketterdam. It's just like it makes me think. I so mean, it brings it together. It's just it's it's small. It's a small little thing. Um, and what's interesting, I wonder if she even knew she was going to write Six of Crows at this point. Um, but um, Ketterdam, it's a cool place. Um, and I just love that he's just got somebody there that's I mean just pretending to be him. So it's kind of cool. Um, so Nikolai's got some explaining to do, um, and. He explains that the fold is expanding. The first army is close to outright revolt. The Darklings coup may have failed, but it shattered the second army, and Ravka is on the brink of collapse. So, And he needs their help. Yeah, absolutely. And who better to ask than, I mean, get your son summoner. He doesn't think his brother, Fasili, who is the rightful heir, is fit to lead. Yeah. So, and I mean... Rightfully so. He's kind of this drunk. Um, and so, and the the father, like, I mean, he's he's not that great either. So I've got a quote. That's why you dragged us back here, I said in disgust, because you want to be king. I dragged you back here because the apparat has practically turned you into a living saint and the people love you. I dragged you back here because your power is the key to Ravka's survival. Bam. You know? There it is. It is. <laughs> Go, Nikolai. Bring it on home. Um, so, and he's got a good point. So, Nikolai proposes that she comes to Azalta with him. So, um, this is um, interesting because he doesn't just want her to come back. At this point, he's kind of discussing that they might need to get married. Is that right? Yes. Kind of do like a fake. I can give you the chance to bring your people hope by becoming my queen. Yeah. So as you can tell, or as I'm sure, Mal immediately (laughs) is not happy with this. And just it kind of turns into this dick measuring contest. And like they just start... (laughs) They're fighting fighting over their woman. They are. They're fighting towards one another and they're just... Yeah, which is silly. It is. I just think this stuff is so silly sometimes. Um, But we're going to go into another great quote. Okay. I waited until Sturman tucked away his knife, then slowly let the light fade. Mal dropped his hands, his fist still clenched. They eyed each other warily. Just a few hours ago, they'd been friends. Of course, Sturman had been a completely different person then. Sturman straightened the sleeves of his uniform. 
I'm not proposing a love match, you heartsick oaf. Just a political alliance. If you'd stop and think for a minute, you'd see it makes good sense for the country. Mal let out a harsh bark of laughter. You mean it makes good sense for you. Can't both things be true? I've served in the military. I understand warfare. I understand weaponry. I know the first army will follow me. I may be second in line, but I have a blood right to the throne. Mal jabbed his finger in Sturman's face. You don't have a right to her. Some of Sturman's composure seemed to leave him. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think you could just carry off one of the most powerful Grisha in the world like some peasant girl you tumbled in a barn? Mm -hmm. Is this how you think this story ends? I'm trying to keep a country from falling apart, not steal your best girl. That's enough, I said quietly. You can stay at the palace, Nikolai continued, perhaps as the captain of her personal guard. It wouldn't be the first such arrangement. A muscle jumped in Mal's jaw. You make me sick. Sturman gave a dismissive wave. I'm a depraved monster, I know. Just think about what I'm saying for a moment. I don't need to think about it, Mal shouted, and neither does she. It's not going to happen. It would be a marriage in name only, Sturman insisted. Then, as if he couldn't help himself, he flashed Mal a taunting grin, except for the matter of producing heirs. So. I wouldn't be mad about that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so they they go on for a while, but that really is, um, long story short, Alina agrees to go back with Nikolai, Mal too, um, but... Um, Alina's going to go back as the commander of the second army. You know, she's going to be the head of the Grisha, which I think is a perfectly suited thing. Makes sense. So that's where we are, folks, with our reading part. We got through it. We did. I do want to say I feel like at the end when um, at the end of this chapter, when Mal is saying, I never said I would. What mm. about me? I feel like at this point the tables have turned, mm. and now that those roles have been reversed. Whereas oh, uh, before she felt like she wasn't doing any good, and yeah. that he could just do anything. Yeah. And now it's kind of reversed, where he's feeling like a fish out of water. Oh yeah, absolutely. So a lot happened. We had a lot of stuff going on. It's we very got, exciting segment. It is. We had a flying contraption. We learned about. We got we killed some fulcrum. We did. So, um, and a handsome prince. We sure did. So, Grisha Cast News. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we've got a little bit, not a lot. Um, Lee tweets that um, Pekka Rollins and Tanta Helene, um, two characters from Six of Crows, will be in part will be in season one, but she doesn't know whether Netflix is going to make a formal announcement. A lot of people were tweeting out whether they're going to know about that. But, you know, they're not going to tweet out about every single character. So I just don't think they they care that much to do that. I mean, they're going to... There's there's a lot of characters, and we really don't even know so much about the story yet of how it's meshing. But um, that's kind of cool. We do, we do know Pekka and Tanta will be in there. Um so another interesting thing that um, Lee tweeted um, that I like, um, trying to understand a little bit more. So it was her little t- her tweet is working on a newsletter with some deeply personal reflection on where I am, where I was in dark days in two thousand nine. Also, the tradition of begin as you mean to go on. 
that I host every January 1st. All you have to do is devote 15 minutes to something you want to do more of in the new year. And she also says, I'll be hosting an hour of productivity sprints at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on January 1st of 2020. You can use them for anything. Tidying up, learning a new language, journaling, reaching out to friends, stretching, making an enemies list, or ignore them completely and do your own thing. So, I don't really, am I an idiot and don't understand what productivity sprints are? I'm not completely sure. Okay, just making sure, because I didn't understand, like, I mean, so she's hosting an hour of productivity sprints at 10 a.m. at this time and this date, but, well, I uh, I guess we'll have to find out. I know, but where? Like, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe come? Hopefully, Hopefully more to come, but I do love this um, begin as you mean to go on thing, Um, and it's hashtag B-A-Y-M-T-G-O, so um, yeah, um, I guess we can all devote 15 minutes to something we want to do more of in the new year. Um, No, it's always good to have New Year's resolutions, so moving on, we got some... Got a couple listener thank yous. I'd like to, um, on Twitter, thank Snow White UV. Thank you so much. You even were so kind to even say happy birthday to me. And that meant a lot. That was so sweet. It was because I I feel like I barely mentioned in the last episode. And you listen, girl. Paid attention. Oh, love some of our listeners. Y'all rock. Um, Also on Insta, I would love to thank Spear to the Fur. So, um... Thank you for um, being one of our listeners. We love you. And um, so, uh, so I've got a Fjord and Mary kill for Terry because she hasn't done one of these. I'm so excited. I know. This is going to be her first one because remember, she's just starting and I can't just give her like. I'm a Grisha baby. She is a Grisha baby. So we've got to stay with characters that she knows. So now I can use Nikolai. So we've got Nikolai, the Darkling, and then I did Alina. Fjordan, Mary, kill girl. Oh, wow. You can think about it. Let's see. So, just, you know. I would marry Nikolai because I would want to, I don't know, hear his life quotes for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't need a book. He'd be right there. Absolutely. Um... I would Fjordan the Darkling because we all like a little darkness. Oh, absolutely, girl. And I would kill Alina. Yeah. I'm not even going to say I'm sorry for that. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, when it's up against Nikolai and the Darkling, really, that's it's hard. I love my girls, but (laughs) we got Nikolai and the Darkling in there. Nikolai and the Darkling are amazing characters, and um, Alina's got a lot. She's got a lot of growing to do. She is our main character, but um, you know we've got some really great characters in these stories. And some people absolutely hate Alina. I've been reading a lot of that stuff online. Oh. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, I love her. I mean, I like her. I don't like have any like thing against her at all. But some people like just despise her and don't read the. Um, don't read this actual series because of her or started it. And I was like, I couldn't finish it. She was just too whatever. Hmm. I don't know. So anyways, moving on next week's chapters, we're going to do 10, 11, 12. 
Uh, I think that's going to pretty much keep to the same like number of pages. We're reading around 50 to 60 pages a week. So um, let's see what happens. It's exciting. Do you have any anything to say before we head out, girl? I would like to hear on our socials what your New Year resolutions are. Ooh, so yeah. let us know. And if uh, if you have some good ones, maybe we'll share it next week. Absolutely. And by the way, I um, am back on keto because for my birthday, I had to eat my birthday cake. So I spent probably three days eating all sugar. It was disgusting. Um, today is my first day back on my diet, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better because I haven't had anything disgusting put in my system. But I ate my entire birthday cake. Entire. As you should. I, I mean, I That's gave it kind of your birthday, right? I gave a couple pieces to the people that were my birthday dinner, and then the rest of the thing went home, and I ate it. It was beautiful, by the way. It was a funfetti white chocolate rainbow cake. My friend like did it. There was even like edible glitter on top of it. It was so pretty. I couldn't take a picture of the glitter that would like show up, but the rainbow is beautiful. So, um, anyways, so my. So and my BFF have birthdays on the same day mm. and he doesn't eat the entire cake, but he likes to have an entire pie. So oh. you guys are very similar in that aspect. <laughs> what kind of pie did he have? Um, actually, <laughs> my fault. I wasn't prepared this year and he didn't get his pie. So it's oh, going to no. be a little late. Uh, but he, he, he really enjoys a good peach pie. Oh, well, that's cute. He's into peaches lately. Oh, yeah. Well, funny story real quickly before you head out about the cake, my husband, our wonderful producer, had hidden the cake from me all day. Um, And I was like, okay, that's fine. So then we get in the car to go to the restaurant, which is like 30, 45 minutes away. We pick up his mom. And um, anyways, right when we pick up his mom, he realizes, oh my God, I left the cake at home. So we had to drive all the way back at home to get the cake. It was cute. And then I was like you're going to have to move over. I'm going to drive. And he's like, why? And I was like, because I will get us there. Because we had a reservation. So I got us to Nashville in like whew, a hot minute. He hid the cake from himself. He did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't let us not like, I mean, the cake's a big thing. We had someone specially make it. So anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we had a lot of little tangents, but um, we love you guys, and it's been a great week. Hope you had a wonderful holiday, whatever you celebrated, um, and just, yeah, let's see what the new year brings us. We will be back next Friday, so. Um, Have a great New Year's Eve. Yeah, so we love you guys. Bye. Goodbye. This has been Grisha Cast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and on Facebook at GrishaCast.